This is our sixth session, trying to answer the question, what is the meaning of a text? What do we mean when we use the word meaning? How am I using it in all these labs? And specifically, what's the meaning of a written text? And the answer I'm arguing for is that the meaning of a text is what the author intended to communicate by his words. Not what comes into our minds, our feelings, but the author defines the meaning of the text. And I'm sharing seven reasons, and this is number six, for this definition. And um, I'm going to let you read these. You can pause and read them if you want. I'm going to jump to the last two. Last time, the reason I gave was that this definition of meaning of the author, the author's intention to communicate through his text, is that a text meaning then never changes. It's an event. And Events in the past don't change. They just are what they are, which leads to number six in this session. This definition, therefore, of meaning gives us an objective standard to test whether an interpretation, a claim to know somebody's meaning, is right or wrong. Namely, the subjective standard is the reality, the unchanging reality of the author's intention communicated through his words. So if you define meaning this way, then you have an objective standard. Now the Bible assumes that we do have an objective standard for right and wrong interpretations, and I'll just give a few examples. Jesus said to them in Mark 4.13, Do you not yet understand, or do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So Jesus is assuming that he has told a parable, and it has a meaning and they, no matter how creative they are in bringing their ideas to the parable to assume they have ideas about it, they don't understand it, meaning they don't get Jesus' intention. Jesus' intention in the parables. Mark 9.31 The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. The idea of a, of a resurrection after being killed, the Messiah being killed, rising, that intention to communicate what was going to happen, they just couldn't grasp it. They could not compute. They couldn't give a meaning to that which corresponded to Jesus' intention. Here's another example in John 10, 6. The, 
figure of speech Jesus used with them, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. In other words, this figure of speech carried a meaning that Jesus meant to communicate, intended to communicate, and they couldn't penetrate to the intention of Jesus. Now we used, I'm going to give two examples that we've already seen in the very first session, but they're so important to show that the Bible assumes there is a valid meaning in a, in a text, that if you miss it, you can't just say, well, I've got my meaning from the text. First, first Corinthians 5, 9, and 11. I wrote to you in my first letter n- not to associate with the sexually immoral people. And, and they misunderstood him. And he's clarifying. Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or greedy, or swindlers, or idolaters, since then you have to go, you'd have to go out of the world if you're not going to associate with anybody like that. But I'm now writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name brother. That's what I meant. So, what Paul is doing here is showing us that he had an intention when he wrote these words, not to associate with the sexually immoral. And he believes that in that context, they should have understood that he did not mean those of this world, and they misunderstood his meaning. They had a wrong interpretation of his meaning. And so his intention is the objective, unchanging reality. They missed it, and therefore they misunderstood him. Their interpretation was not Valid because there's a, an objective criterion, a measuring rod, a standard by which Paul could tell them they should have understood him, namely what he wrote and intended. One more. John eleven eleven to 14. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to wake him. The disciples said, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death. So Jesus intended death when he said, Lazarus has fallen asleep. That was his intention. But they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep, and they were wrong. Their interpretation was not valid. And Jesus holds them accountable. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He meant for them to understand what he was saying because that was his intention in the context and they should have seen it. So there is such a thing as wrong interpretations, invalid interpretations. They thought that he meant, but he didn't mean what they thought he meant. And therefore, thinking what somebody means is not necessarily a valid meaning. We can't just define meaning as what we think a person means. It's got to be what they really mean. And this this meaning that they uh, put into their text 
becomes the objective standard. So I'm not going to read all these again, these summary reasons, but let's read the definition. I'm arguing that the definition of meaning, the meaning of a text is what the author intended to communicate by his words. And here are the reasons that we've been giving. And just the last one again. This definition of meaning gives us an objective standard to test whether an interpretation is right or wrong. Namely, the unchanging reality of the author's intention communicated through his words. That's the criterion, that's the standard, the measuring rod, the litmus test of whether our interpretation is right or wrong, whether there's any validity in what we claim for our own interpretation. If we locate the meaning of a text in the author, then it has objective Validity. It has a standard. The interpretations can be measured as right or wrong by what the author intended. But if we locate it in the reader, what the reader comes up with, what the reader feels, what the reader sees, without reference to whether it corresponds to what the author intended, if we locate it there, we lose this objective standard. There will be no objective test any longer. A text will have no fixed meaning. The meaning will always be changing according to the different readers and the different attitudes and feelings of the reader. And the Bible clearly assumes that there is not a flexible anything-goes meaning, but rather an objective standard, which leads to one last grand reason that we turn to next time, namely, since the reading, the, the meaning never changes, and since therefore we have an objective standard, God speaks with authority here. We'll take that up next time.